smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. What's up, DGC? Grow Talk on a Friday. How's everybody doing here? We're going to have a Soup the Gardener co-host today. Hang out. Uh, filling in for Scotty Reel. He will be back. Guys, we'll be back to what I'll call regular programming next week. Had a little summer, summertime. And if you didn't hear, uh, Scotty got stuck down in Costa Rica a little bit, about a week longer than anticipated due to a little passport thievery. We'll cover that in an upcoming Wake and Bake. But today is Grow Talk. Great show, man. I got ready for the show. I'm calm like a bomb. Okay, calm like a bomb. <laughs> Shout out to Rage. I love that song and I love that expression because it's like deep and it's only three words. Calm. No, sorry. Calm like a bomb. Sorry, four. Uh, um, <laughs> a, a rundown today. Uh, Dang Nug. Orange Sherbert. Crossed with GB6 Tricks, number one. These crosses get deep sometimes. This is an ADF <laughs> lab of low-key farms by Mama's Boy Organics. And guys, these questions are from dudegrows.com. Dank nugs are from dudegrows.com. Anybody can go to dudegrows.com, participate, throw up a grower question. Upper right hand of that site, click on that little search emblem, man. Search our site. We pay a grip, actually, with all this stuff. All the data, the grow data on there. Um, so check out what uh, what you want to know about your grow. And grower questions. Will thick stems grow roots by South Shore Roots? Uh, and then, hey, DDC producer, Mr. Sledge420, and this is pointed at you, Soup. Wondering if I could just filter the exhaust for the tent. For my, he has got a male in a tent with pollen. And then mm-hmm. other tents in the room that have females flowering. So we're talking about trying to contain pollen in a situation where the ladies are close by. Uh, yeah, also, that's a good question. Take, taking a clone from a clone from a clone from a clone by New Maxi Grower. And lastly, how dark is dark enough by Hydro Larry? Talking about uh, you're keeping it dark during the photo, uh, photo cycle. And what's going on in Soup's Grow today? I'm going to lean on Soup. We don't get to know, see what's going on in his grow that often. So, yeah, what's shout. up, guys? What's up, DGC? And if you all don't know, Soup the Gardener, check out uh, growerslove.com, contributor on the DGC guides. A lot of knowledge dropped over on the navigation, dudegrows.com under DGC guides. And uh, I'm going to bring in, I want to talk about the DGC cup right off the bat before we hop into the show. It is not upon us, but close. Uh, July 30th, we'll bring in Rolling Stoner here. We don't get to, we don't get to see Rolling Stoner on the show that often. I thought it'd be cool to hang for a minute and because Rolling Stoner and I and also the rest of the team I've uh, been working hard every day at getting this going. So wanted to get into some updates and what's going on. Cause I think we just sent out a poll, right? Uh, yeah. Jeff just sent out a poll or banner. Mm-hmm. And then what, as far as you guys hitting it up, what that was about a uh, poll for basically competitors entering strains, um, entering your information. So if you guys are coming to the DDC cup, uh, and signed up, make sure you're checking that email that you bought tickets with check your spam folders. We'll be commuting communicating with you uh soon we just sent out an email for bud tenders uh as well we're getting some bud tender let the ddc help do some bud tending let's talk about the some of the we get vip vip tickets happening uh why don't you bring some of the vip goodie bags shelly rolling stoner excuse me yeah so obviously everyone will get a chillum like a one hitter and then a lighter and a poker um and then we'll also have some Integra packs for the VIPs, some recharge and grow dot samples, um, a goodie bag with like a DGC pin on there and a nice. coupon for the t-shirts. 
Um, we'll also have some turf wipes. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a three pack from Seeds Here Now. And then yep, I'm working on that with, with James Bean. We're working on a feminized uh, three pack. Uh, man, I hear you mentioned the breeder, but I don't have it yet. But yeah, these are going to be some dope little VIP goodie bags. Yeah, we'll have some nice. integra packs in there too. All natural burlap is what we're trying to do. We're trying to keep it like all natural. Uh, and the prizes, growers prizes, guys, everybody that is competing has an option first, second, and third. Um, and yeah, tell us a little bit about that. HLG stepped up as far as what they're hooking up for first, second, third. Yeah, they're they're providing first, second, and third prizes. Uh, first place is, it's all gift cards actually, because they're not going to ship anything like right off the bat. So people can kind of choose what works best for their grow, which is super cool. But the gift cards are first prize, um, $1,449. So I think that's up to like a Scorpion Diablo or a smaller. Yeah. And then the second place prize will be for $849. So that's like a $600R or smaller. And then third place will be for $599. Um, so yeah, they're really hooking it up this time. Right. Gift cards are appropriate. And shout out to HLG because then you don't know what a grower is going to need. You get that bigger 1449 you can buy a little assortment of lights if you need to um and just super yeah. said you heard, what's the word on the street yeah well so i spoke with uh brock from hlg the other day and he told me that they're actually going to be at the cup and they're going to be bringing some lights and they're also planning on bringing some cbd flower from some of their big cbd grows they've got some beautiful indoor cbd grows i think they're deep water culture or some kind of hydro um, big rooms with a ton of beautiful HLG lights hung up in them. So I'm looking forward to going over and checking out that flower. I, you know, would love to check out some really pro grown indoor LED, you know, HLG flower. It sounds awesome. So looking forward to checking out their booth too. It sounds like they're going to have a cool presence. You usually don't see that as much. I'm very familiar with greenhouse grown, uh, CBD, uh, to set up a full on grow room. Like we're growing high THC strains. And you mentioned hydroponic or deep water culture potentially um, is cool. I mean, I've seen obviously the pictures of it. It looks just like the dank. And I am I, maybe as an aging, I'm getting more keen on my CBD flower use. So I've been digging token on it, mainly rolling CBD joints with my, uh, my little auto rolling machine over here. But I just want to bring Rolling Stoner on for a minute, guys, just to say, man, thanks. She's been working very hard on doing the DGC Cup, planning behind the scenes, and this is going to be one hell of a cool event. So if you don't know much about it, dtccup.com. Everybody that comes is a judge. You get voting tokens when you come in. You get Everybody gets a custom DGC glass little one-hitter to use. And it is a blast. So looking forward to it, guys. dtccup.com. Let's do this. Let's get into the grow talk. Thanks, Roland Stoner. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that's a great update, man. I'm looking forward to this cup, man. That's going to be fun. Yes, soup. The gardener will be there as well. And shit, man, it's been a minute, guys. It has been a minute, a couple of years, right? A couple of years since, but but all is well. I just had a great trip on my summer summertime. Travels were all smooth. Things are a go. All right, things are a go. Get on the plane. Come on out. Time to party. Uh, so let's start this off with a dank nug, man. Orange. Here, let me open this up first, so I can make sure I'm doing the correct. You know what? I think Scotty's right. Like, I need. I'm about to like up the font here. I'm finding myself, I'm trying to read off the monitor and like I keep looking down <laughs> at my computer and it's like, man. And then when you first think about getting glasses, maybe Guru, you could give me a tip. Like, I don't even, you just go to like lens crafters and just try on a bunch of shit to see what 
looks good no go go to an eye doctor and like there's (laughs) there's uh companies that make ones that are are pretty good what if you go to wall like you can't just get the ones off the rack at walgreens and try a bunch of those on and see a little more affordable maybe maybe yeah but getting a getting a nice pair of frames is usually pretty nice there's a big difference i already see yeah, and if you go. get the wrong glasses too, they can make you feel like shit. If you're wearing like the wrongs, even if they like feel they can look like they're right, but then you put them on and they feel totally wrong if you wear them for like two hours or more. Like, I've had glasses that give me headaches. <laughs> they're the wrong glasses, so don't fuck around with them. Go to go see a doctor. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. We'll we'll, we'll get it done right. But now I'm going to up the font and dank nug orange sherb cross of GB six tricks number one. ABF collab with Low Key Farms. It's a lot to take in there by Mama's Boy Organics. And I did kind of pick this one for the picture. It is a beauty. Uh, this yeah. is a plant that looks like a beaut to trim, too, guys. We're not looking like a ton of fan leaves and shit. It says, How's it going? New to the DTC fam, wanted just to share a current project I received from an awesome friend. He ran a pack of orange sherbet cross of Gorilla Breath. Tricks cut. Now, what does that mean? That just, that's, that's referencing. It's, so it's uh, orange sherbet. It, tricks must be the breeder, or tricks. Maybe it tastes like tricks. Maybe it's got like a tricks. Tricks are for kids. Cereal kind of t- flavor to it. That could be it. And get, um, so he ran a pack of this orange sherbet cross with gorilla breath and gifted me a clone of his number one pheno to run out. I've got to say I'm super impressed with her genetics this far. I get the smell of orange push pop right away. That's a good smell. I like the yeah. kid a lot. Uh, I'm going to see if those are still available. Not in Canada, of course. Um, <laughs> and it's just greasy, trichome-rich lady. I'm running all organic with a build-a-soil light recipe, roots organics, and build-a-soil dry amendments. To nice. further pack in the goodness, I'm running roots organic, microchar, build-a-soil, 12-seed cover crop, worm casting, fish shit, and usual teas. Sounds like nice. he's missing some some recharge there maybe maybe you could simplify down a little i'll just do scotty shameless plugs while he's <laughs> not here um this is all in all this lady had stood out from the pack my wonderful buddy also gifted me from the same collab a couple of beans of the pvb crossed with gb6 wait that's peanut butter breath crossed with what's gb6 again the gorilla breath six tricks cut the same Thank cut you. as the yeah <laughs> Gotcha. So they'll be happy reporting back on how that run goes, but looking forward to engaging in the community as it grows. So you guys, uh, SO, you guys for, what is SO? Shout out. Shout out. Thank you. I need so much help today, man. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out you guys for making pivotal information available to the average grower. Right on. Thanks for becoming part of the crew here and please continue to share. Yeah, Um, those are beautiful buds, man. That is awesome. And you're right. He's getting some awesome color out of that. Beautiful. Nice work, sir. Nice work. All right. Into the grow talk. Uh, Will thick stems grow roots by South Shore Roots? Maybe I'm trying to host this with too much. I'm like, all right, now into the grow talk. I was watching. I went to the dentist yesterday. And, you you know, as you lay down, they give you the glasses for the light, bright light, and they mount the TV to the ceiling. So you zone out and look at the TV if you want. They even give you some headphones if you prefer, but I just read the words. But it was some guy, Fiera, daytime cooking challenge show, like mm-hmm. where they run around a grocery store and like, I'm, I'm like, this is what people watch during the day when they don't have shit to do, I guess. And then, <laughs> then I was like, maybe I'm taking that energy and trying to make this show more game show-ish. Remember when Scotty did that? the pink suit and whatnot. wait he did he had multicolored suits 
uh, <laughs> and a claw machine. Yeah, we we went all out for that one. There's a whole production. All right, back to grow. Back to the grow. Will thick stems grow roots by South Shore Roots? So, what's up, DGC? First time growing in cocoa, and I've transplanted from solos to one gallon fabric pots. Plan soon to transplant five gals. Sounds like a very typical up potting solo cups to one gals to five gals. I've done a little pruning at the bottom of the stalk, taking off the first cotyledon leaves, then the first set of fan leaves, and maybe some small branches going down low. At this point, the base of the stem is pretty thick, so I wonder if when I transplant it to bigger pots, I can bury the plant up to where my first set of leaves or branches are coming out. And if that part will root or it's not worth it, any info greatly appreciated. This community is awesome. Keep it up. Thank you. And this is going to be, if you have a, I was curious about this because if, if you have, let's say a foot of stock before your first set, man, I would, what's the most valuable real estate sometimes for indoor growers is, you know, how much, how can you get your light off that? So I can see an advantage here. How, how deep can you go? I thought I was told you can plant a lot of a stalk and it'll just grow roots out. Yeah, I mean, you can, but I always get concerned. I mean, and Maestro nailed it in the comments here, as usual. Maestro says, as long as the stock is not woody, you can get roots to form on any wound under the media. Don't go too deep or risk stem rot, so be careful how deep you go. A few inches is fine. So I think Maestro nailed it right with that, where, you know, if you want to go down a little bit deep, that's great. But if you start going too deep, that's when you can kind of start worrying about you know, that stem rotting or, or weird things happening that, uh, you know, it's crushing when a stem rots and that can take a plan out that, or even like the weirdest is the stem dampening where like at the yeah. base of the stalk, it literally like almost comes to a point until the point that it'll just like fall over and die. So, which is I've interesting. Had... There's, there's lots of plants out there that it's like recommended to bury it pretty deep, like tomatoes. Everyone's out there is planted tomatoes this year or is going to plant them next year. Those you can bury as deep as you can underneath each, all of those little uh, uh, hairs on the, the stem of a tomato plant will turn into roots. But cannabis isn't that way. If it's turned woody, like Maestro is saying, then like it's not viable for roots to form there. But you, you can get roots to form just about anywhere, especially with some IBA. Yeah, I think that's a good point about the woodiness too. Like if if you've got a nice soft supple stem and you can bury that down, I think you're good. If you've got that kind of harder woodier stem, I think that's when you risk something going wrong or or you know at that point too, like you said there's not much benefit to it cuz it's probably not going to root out as much as a yep. softer part would. Just say growing techniques hopefully I mean, I've seen Scotty do this and I've done it. It's like, wow, look how much look how much stem you've grown, you know, where you try mm -hmm. to Get your plant to flower at the proper time or you're not continuing to like lollipop it up because then you're just you don't you want to have more flower less them so uh doing that by timing flowering and after you lollipop yeah again for me it's going to mostly time and flowering make sure you're going to go to the right time and get get going there uh let's see here do we have any good comments on this one no i'm just maestro nailing it it's maestro right nailing on it <laughs> let's take it to a uh, good comment man mr sledge 420 ddc and you producers out there remember this just came off um, through the messaging over on patreon you guys are logged in you can message me 
I check those messages out about every other day, except when I have the summer summertime. You know, sometimes it's three days, but I'm trying at least every other day, guys. I love to communicate with you, give us feedback, give me content for the show like this. Submit a grow question on dudegrows.com and share it with me. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, being a DDC producer, go to dudegrows.com forward slash support. Mr. Sledge says, I have found a blueberry male that I believe is a real gem. And I'm wanting to flower it out to collect some pollen. My dilemma is I always have at least one lady flowering. So my ladies are in a two by four tent and a three by three tent. And I currently have the male in a four by four tent uh, with various peppers and lettuces. Nice. I like that setup. So far, I've just been cutting a new clone of him to keep him as soon as he's big enough and disposing of it before it flowers. All right, that practice is fine as well. But it says, I'm wondering if I could, so when it comes in the flower and pollen comes, if I could just filter the exhaust from the tent with the, uh, with the mail, hoping you guys could guide me in the right direction. Thanks again for all the awesome content. Please keep it coming. It's coming. So I wanted to ask, soup would, obviously yeah. pollen's pretty damn fine. It could potentially, with air moving around in the tent, I presume you can get through zippers and shit, but would a carbon filter be set? That would be suffice as far as an outtake in a tent with a male, right? You can't get pollen go through a carbon filter. I think it probably could. I would be concerned about that personally. Um, but I do think the best bet here is if you're able to keep clones of that male, take a little tiny little clone, put it like under, you know, in a little cabinet in a totally different room in a totally different part of the house, put it in even like a big tubbleware tub or something with a little LED light on top. It doesn't need a lot of light. It doesn't need a lot of space. And you'll only need to keep it alive for probably, you know, another three weeks or so if you want to just flip it into flower and get a pollen sample from it. So that would be my advice is take as small a cut as you can, you know, take a area always going to be some risk of cross-pollination um carbon filter is going to help but it's not going to be 100 percent. and i just don't know i don't know if i'd rely just on check. and the the carbon filter isn't uh 100 percent because uh it's not because the carbon filter doesn't work to filter out pollen it will 100 percent of the time it's if there's any air leak in the the ducting anywhere with the carbon filter if all that air is getting through the carbon filter it should filter out pollen just fine but uh, that's in a perfect world and we don't live in a perfect world and there are lots of opportunities for power to escape that system. Yeah, and especially, I mean, you're going to have to be working in that tent too, right? So you're going to have to pop your head in there. You're going to have to open it up to water your plants or, you know, water that male. So there's going to be pollen leaking out of that even if you are able to put a, a carbon filter or something on it. I have had luck keeping males in a tent in the same room as females. You can do it. I, when I did it though, I would, what I did was actually run a really low wattage lamp and I had ran my tent with zero ventilation. I just sealed the tent and ran, yep. you know, I think it was like a 50 watt or 60 watt LED or something in there. So it wasn't even heating the tent up enough to need ventilation. So I just kept it sealed, you know, and that worked. And I've done that actually in this small tent behind me. I've used the two by two tent with fans turned off, duct ports all sealed tied up. And then I have another tent in here that I had active flowers in. So um, it can be done. You can do it. But my advice would be zero ventilation if you're going to try to do it in the same room. Better yet, though, get it in a different room. And if you're already good at taking clones of this male and you've been able to take a couple of small clones of it already, that's great. You're a step ahead of the game. Take one of those small little cuts that you've got or next round when you get another tiny little cut. 
flower that out. So you've got just a nice tiny little plant and then you can do it. You know, like I was saying, I, I flowered them out in like one of those big 20 gallon tubware tubs. Like, you know, didn't have an empty tent, didn't have an empty room. Just put, a, I put a little, uh, Crazy. little light above it. Yeah. And I did it in just a totally different room in the house and the tub kind of helped catch any pollen that came out of it, you know, just gravity wise. Um, and just having it in a totally different area and a different room on the opposite end of the house really makes a big difference too. So put some distance between them is my advice and keep that male small and use a nice small cut. Um, and keep in mind, you don't even need to have like a fully rooted cut to get a pollen sample from. I've seen people get pollen from, you know, a plant that's still rooting in the clone dome or in the, in a cloning uh, machine for so uh, yeah, just keep in mind, you don't have to grow a big plant to get pollen. You're just trying to get a little genetic sample. Um, so it doesn't have to be big and doesn't have to be a complicated growth setup. Thanks a lot. So that is why we have you on soup. That is good nice. information. Oh, and if you for, do wanna... uh, yeah, for more information about seeds too, you should check out, uh, I think it's dudegrows.com slash make your own seeds is uh, my guide on making your own seeds at home. So if you want to learn more about collecting pollen and making seeds and stuff, go check it out. And find that, go to dudegrows.com and then just go to the DDC guides. You'll find them in there. And if you want to test the uh, knowledge of your carbon filter brand customer service, I was Googling here, cannabis um, pollen is the size of about 23 to 28 micrometers. So I wonder if they give a rating potentially on the carbon, like, okay, it blocks all particles. You know what I mean? Up to a certain size. Be interesting to know. Yeah. Well, odor is a really small particle. You know, I don't know exactly where that falls in the micrometers or whatever, but odor smells are particles and they're real small. So they got to be good at filtering small stuff to work as a carbon filter. Odor's got to be smaller than pollen because you can't really see odor. If you can see odor, it's fine. You got a problem. Like you got it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, all right, let's move smells. on to uh, more girl talk. Or is it time to, uh, yeah, another question here. Taking a clone from a clone from a clone from a clone by New Mexico Grower. So good looking garden here. It says, hey guys, short time fan of the show and subscriber and support of the show. Cheers. It's a Canadian thing, um, by the way. When I moved up here, I always thought that meant there's a drink involved and you're cheersing with a drink. But no, it's just cheers. Right on. Uh, how many times can you take a clone from a clone? I am taking, I'm talking taking clones from clones, not the mother plant. Um, pick as a cake and chem clone of a clone that is amazing. How? Thanks for making me smile while I bake and watch the show. DDC, right on. Um I mean, my growth style for this was not keeping moms when I had a strain I liked when I was growing more for the free market when you would just take clones off your veg before they go to flower and just keep that rotation going. And I mean, you can fairly, like, you can clone infinitely, theoretically. What do you think? Uh, Yeah. Hey, I was, I was going to say, as long as the, the mother plant is, or the, the just plant tissues because you're continuing cloning from from it uh you don't pick up any viruses or pathogens uh yeah you can keep cloning from clone from clone from clone uh what people uh just kind of attributed to genetic drift it, it wasn't what it was but that's what they called it like for years it was the plant picking up viruses and pathogens um that would make it kind of turn it into how it expressed in its environment wouldn't it even be like the original strain or even close to it or a lesser form 
form of itself. Um, and that's something that can happen. Uh, even just keeping a mother, a mother plant can collect pathogens too. But if you keeping it clean and aren't picking up anything bad with it, yeah, you can keep going clone from clone from clone from clone uh, indefinitely. Yeah. Gen- the genes aren't going to change. Shout out to Terp Tarmigan here uh, in the comments. And it says, you can take cuttings, agreeing with you here, you can take cuttings from cuttings and grow them out. Very little, no issue, as long as the plant's healthy and has not picked up any pathogens. But pathogens can be taken care of with use of chlorine dioxide. Please use caution when using chlorine dioxide as it can very easily kill plants if not used properly. So what is he referencing there? Chlorine dioxide is like, a, do you remember Procure? The the yeah, like gaseous totally. sterilization thing? That's chlorine dioxide is the active chemical in that. Um, and that's one of those things where, yes, it can be detrimental to plants. It's really good for cleaning a room that's like uh, you've harvested and you're cleaning everything and you want to clean all the porous surfaces. It works great for that. Just make sure you have an OVAG uh, canisters for your respirator uh, because that is like chlorine gas. If that gets in your lungs and binds to the water in your lungs, it's really, it makes hydrochloric acid, um, which is not something you want in your lungs. So, yeah, just wear wear those. And he'll be good. Yeah, no yeah. Coke here has like spray as well, but it's not meant for plants. Right. Well, I think you guys both hit on something important there, which is like the plant's health. You know, you want to make sure you've got a healthy plant you're taking clones from. And I really feel like the health of the mom or the, you know, the health of the, the source material determines the health of the clone in the long run. So um, making sure you're cloning from a healthy mom, I think, is really important, as well as trying to avoid uh, viruses and diseases like Guru's talking about and making sure you're following good practices. If you are keeping moms or if you are keeping genetics long term, make sure you keep your scissors clean, making sure you're kind of keeping your grow area clean and just following kind of good best practices for managing pests and pathogens in your grow. This is really important if you're trying to keep moms or keep genetics around long term. So. Um, get on that IPM and make sure you're being smart about how you uh, run your grow and handle your plants. I'm still, if you guys listen to the last grow talk, like tripping out about, I haven't had time to replace my 10 year old Sony LCD monitor I'm looking at right here, <laughs> but, it's, but it's like digitized, like it's looking like literally like the matrix. And I just figured out, I'm like, why is my shirt all like pixelated with these cool, colorful dots, but not my arms and not like the wall background in soup shirt is the same. It's because it's doing it on a grayish black color. Like the top of my grow tent right here is all digital pixels right now. And I have a didgeridoo going up the wall here that's black. And then it's all these snaked up. It's weird, man. It's, I think it's, <laughs> I'm going to have to keep it. I'll stop talking about it to bore people that aren't. aren't I'm for a new monitor. Anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, before we got another grow talk question and what's going on in soup scroll, but we're going to tell people to hook up the recharge realgrowers.com and the grow dots. Uh, if you're in Canada, dudesworld.ca got the dots, got Irie Genetics, Rasta Jeff approved Irie Genetics. We Canadians save you some shipping there. Just go to dudesworld.ca. Um, and what can we tell them good about recharge today, Guru? Put you right on the spot. Yeah, well, so I'll tell you one of my favorite things about Recharge is how you guys went ahead and combined a bunch of products together to make a product that has a bunch of good value to it. You know, we talk a lot about, oh, this company's got that product, and this company's got that product. You know, you got your kelp, you got your amino acids, you got your, you know, your microbes and all that stuff. And Recharge is all those things put together 
And man, being able to buy and use one product instead of using five or six or 12, man, that for me personally has been a big deal. You know, being able to stop buying kelp and stop buying, you know, amino acids and stop buying humic stuff and all that stuff, having it all in one product. That's why I like recharge. Take it. I'll take it. Thank you, Soup. All right, guys. Mm. We are going to, oh, don't forget, uh, producers, you guys get 30% off grow dots and a recharge. So, Check that out, dogrows.com forward slash support. Become a DGC producer. We want you. To question three, how dark is dark enough by Hydro Larry? Highly debated. Um, here we go. This is a good one. Hey, DGC. This is a good one. Hope everyone's 4th of July was awesome. So I got to ask. I was in Canada on the 4th of July. So it was a Monday and it was just like a regular day here. And then I was in Costa Rica on Canada Day, which is July 1st. So it was like a regular day there, too. So it's weird. You can get good fireworks here, though. Like I can go there. You can go to the, the reservation, if you will. Like, you know, where the government can't interfere with some of the shit they sell, I guess is how it works. And buy legit shit, like big old 60 packs of like, like what you see at the firework fair sometimes. <laughs> you putting on your own show anyway. over there? <laughs> It gets expensive. Says I have a couple of outside. I have a couple outside, and it's never completely dark out. I always have light from the moon and the stars, and from headlights on cars. So why is it plants don't herm outside, but people freak out over a small pinhole in their tent? I have a couple of cheap tents that I can see a tiny light leak through the zipper. So I'm assuming if light leaks out, it will leak in. I have to consult with the inside of my. I have to. Yeah, I have to consult with the inside of my tent. Either way, how dark is dark enough? I've never done photos before, only autoflowers, except for the two outside. Take her easy, dude. Hydro Larry. Yeah, I've had people tape over indicator lights and all their equipment in the grow room. I mean, I'm like, man, you're that's for me, that's going too far. But some people are like, nope, that made it herm. So this so, is all yeah. about phytochrome. Like that's the the only thing that matters here. So the phytochrome has pretty narrow nanometers of, of like activity. Um, where it switches we all when we talk about it all the time on the show that 730 nanometer infrared light is what puts plants to sleep um 660 nanometer red light is what wakes them up um so the reason like at, at nighttime out with like the stars and the moon that's generally just pretty blue light um, there's not much 660 nanometer in there and it's really diffuse faint light so you're not getting uh, a lot of like a uh, ppf of light hitting there and it's all like majority blue white light so that's why it doesn't switch there if you have a like red uh, a warmer white led or something like that it most definitely uh can trigger phytochrome to switch and it doesn't take it's strain dependent there are some strains that are like rock solid with someone going in the room in the middle of the dark hour and it not switching and other ones that are super finicky with it um so it's really just one of those things that yeah, you kind of got to play around with and just try and keep it as dark as you can in there. And don't and like first and foremost, don't have any red light in there. So I do. I I tape up the if I ever have an extension cord in the or a, a power strip in the tent, I'll tape over the the red light that's on there because that that can be enough light uh, for the stuff closest to it to uh, mess with its photo period a little bit. For those of you that haven't listened to, you know, all the episodes, um, I've talked about it maybe once or twice, but regardless, I had a street lamp in between my neighbor's house 
in our in my house and they're a cool neighbor and i had a grow on the side of my house and that light literally would go into my grow i was like fuck this and just put you know put the ladder up to it i took some foil um and i actually sprayed the foil uh primer gray kind of like a flat primer gray to match the street light a little maybe and then uh some uh yeah they're black fabric like bungee cords and uh, i put it all around the back half of the light but if you're on the street side it was still shining so it wasn't like somebody like reported out i guess is how they replaced them and that thing stayed up there for like four years it was perfect and my neighbor actually appreciated it because like we don't see that light in our bedroom anymore it's like chill we didn't want to see the light anyway so it was a win-win there you go the other option was which i wouldn't recommend i was like oh you could probably just cut the wires in it and then i was like yeah, it's vandalizing dude so that's also i don't recommend but blocking light if you can if you can talk to your neighbors we've had this question before on the show obviously there can be an issue if there's bright lights potentially some some people just light their shit up at night um and that will definitely interfere outside is there such thing though as i'm getting accustomed to a certain light setting and they'll still flower fine like if the plant went into flower and it's been aware of this light in the neighbor's yard the whole time. Like, is it going to, that still can cause it? There's no, like, I don't want to say memory of it being there. No, like, like I was saying, it, it's all about phytochrome. Um, and it switches just based right. off of what, what light is present. So, no, it's not going to get super used to uh, there being light stressors on its environment. Yeah, well, the only thing I'll add, too, is that different strains are going to be more or less sensitive to this and also different, um, you know, cuts, you know, will be more or less sensitive and kind of knowing the genetics you're working with and how sensitive it is can really help. You know, that's not always the case if you're growing from seed or whatever, but I'll say I've grown a lot of plants from seed in my tents here in the office. They get a little bit of sun coming in through the window. I actually run these tents so the lights are on at night. So I have, I'm in here during the day with my lights on, you know, and hasn't caused any problems in the tents. I think if you have genetics that are going to get set off by something like a little light or a little tiny pinprick or something, I think those are genetics that were probably going to harm on you anyway, right? That was stuff that was probably really sensitive and probably, you know, kind of on the edge of herming as it is. And a little light probably was what pushed it over the edge. But Man. generally, I would say if, if you've got good, solid genetics, you shouldn't really be that worried about little pinpricks and stuff like that. And if you have a strain that that that's that finicky with light, that just like a little light leak is going to make it uh, start to herm it better. You better the cost benefit analysis is better be some really dank in product that you get. Yeah. Otherwise, like there's there's something better that can fill that space for sure. Uh, Wally P was saying what I was trying to say earlier. It says, I believe they grow up and grow an acclimation to a certain regular stimuli they're normally exposed to during both cycles along with the intensity duration and spectrum of light exposure that's what i was trying to say in a nutshell <laughs> nailed it thanks in the comments wally p and zard crocs <laughs> i don't know it's a tough one greg's anyway uh, talk about the pros list here, guys. Dogrows.com forward slash pros for shopping for your grow. Get a deal. Check out the coupon codes. Uh, a bunch of vetted DGC gear over there. If you don't believe me, just as again, I say, use that search bar on Dogrows.com and look up a winter frost. Winter frost from New Millennium. I was talking to Jaron earlier today. He's going to be at the DGC Cup as well. And of course, he's going to be hooking up some gear. So you want to get some it. 
winter frost, come check it out. Uh, he likes to use it when growing multiple strains. He says it's popular in the, some of the commercial growers. Uh, Michigan Matt, for example, DDC commercial grower, uh, uses it when you need to have stuff finished. Now, it's not just a straight finisher. It brings on the, what is it called? It helps yeah, the so plant the express Senes- itself. Yeah, it brings on senescence and helps the plant express its genetic potential. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, and can help you finish a little bit quicker. He's uh, Jaron said he's doing GMO. I think he said he typically did in uh, nine weeks or something, but he does it in eight. He starts using winter frost in week seven. But uh, come out and talk to me at the DDC Cup as well. Check out New Millennium Nutrients. Dot com. They got a couple staple products that you can like this winter frost and the other product is decision Two products like that could go with any line. If you want to try something decisions, a flower initiator as well. So I dig the uniqueness in the line. New millennium nutrients.com. Uh, yeah, I've always heard good things about that uh, winter frost from everybody in the crew who's tried it. I think it's had some nice to say about it. And I've talked to Jaron about it. And one cool thing I like is that, like you're saying, it's compatible with just about any system. So if you want to try it in your living soil or you want to try it in a cocoa grow or whatever you got going on, it's cool that you can give that a go. So what's going on in our grows? I'm going to talk about soups grow, man. What is going on in soups grow? What is going on in my grow? Well, I talked a second ago. I got this little tent here behind me. um, And this for a while now has been my kind of trial tent where I play around with things. It's where I like to pretend I'm a new grower so I can learn things and think about things like a new grower would when I'm writing an article or working on content or something or consulting for people. It helps me a lot to be able to like try to think about things as a as a tent grower and um, so this run, I've actually been trying the grow dots. Uh, Scotty hooked me up with a grow dot uh, sample pack and some recharge a while back. And um, sorry, I've got a puppy in the room with me if you hear some weird sounds. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been doing the grow dots grow for a while now, and it's just about ready to harvest. So I've been really excited about it. Um, I'm hoping to have some bud from that little two by two grow dots tent at the cup. Um We'll have to see how that plays out. But um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I do like I'm using the Grodots in a a city picker sub irrigated planter. It's like about 10 gallons or so or a little over 10 gallons Mm -hmm. of cocoa mixed with the Grodots. It's gone mostly well. I do feel like I need to kind of fine tune the grow dot ratio a little bit. I am seeing some little bits of little signs of maybe a little bit too much nitrogen or a little bit too much food in there, um, which might have been my fault with the dosing. It was a little weird. Scott and I talked about like, how do you dose for a 10 gallon sip is kind of like a big pot and I'm not growing a huge plant in it. You know, I'm just trying to fill up that two by two. So um you know, I think I did the rate for 10 gallons in there. I think I followed the medium rate on the package, whatever that was. Um, and it ended up, I think, being a little bit too much, but uh, just teeny little bit of like tip burn on the end of the leaves and leaves looking a little bit dark, but mostly happy with it. And I think we're going to get a great harvest out of it regardless. Um, and then also, I got to mention, man, the fungus nads, <laughs> the fungus nads in the sub irrigated system is something you got to look out for. You definitely need to be aggressive if you're going to be doing they any kind of environment they need. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're creating a, a big, I mean, 10 gallon pile of wet cocoa, <laughs> you know, or not wet, but like moist cocoa, um, you know, you're going to have to take some precautions. Um, I have had a bunch of fungus gnats and I will say the one thing that 
has kind of been a little turnoff for me is I usually do living soil in the same subirrigated plants, and those have a lot of predators in them. So if I do get some fungus gnats, I feel like the predators kind of like take them out quickly or it doesn't become a big issue. Whereas with the cocoa, there was like nothing in there to fight them. So the fungus gnats got in there, the cocoa was moist and boy, did they love it. (laughs) You know, they, they took off, they started going crazy and I had to jump in there. I had to get sticky traps in there. I had to get real aggressive with lots of nematodes and man, I think I've mostly taken care of them, but it has been a battle this grow. Um, so I just wanted to mention that anybody trying to do anything with sub irrigated planters, I think it's a really good idea to be aggressive with your fungus gnat prevention, just to make sure you're not going to run into that problem. And especially if you're doing like an inert media, like cocoa, because I think if you have that kind of a setup, there's just nothing in there to fight the fungus gnats. So they'll just kind of go bonkers. Um, if you don't, where'd you get your nematodes from? Um, I ordered from a few different places. I ordered some just cheap ones off Amazon that I use as a preventative. Um, I forget what company those came from, to be honest. I also ordered some recently from Nature's Good Guys. Um, I've heard of them. Yeah, they've been a pretty good supplier for me. I've been trying them out recently. I also really like Arbico Organics and uh, GreenMethod.com is another good supplier. They are that's actually the website of uh, beneficial insectary who is um, one of the big producers of beneficial insects. So it's kind of cool. You can order directly from them uh, depending on what, what you're ordering. Uh, we'll but. say, give a tip on that because my experience in ordering, yes, there are, when you search fungus gnats or nematodes, you can straight get these things on Amazon and they say they're totally live and viable. Um, they're not that expensive. I used them when I had fungus gnats. I seen them help to like a little. They weren't near what you you when you order live fresh nematodes from an insectary. And if that's gonna be part of your IPM, make sure you know who you're gonna order from. Some of them, like by me, they only ship on like Thursdays, for example. So if it's Friday and I'm like I got a bad infestation, then I got a whole week I gotta wait. So just have your plan in place, if you will, for when getting a uh, live beneficial nematodes i gotta yeah, give well, I, I was gonna say i i gotta yeah. give a big shout out to my buddy mark in oregon uh sent me some of his compost from his worm bin that he's had going for like 30 years uh so it's completely full of like a really diverse life that that worm bin has collected over time i mm-hmm. anytime i have any fungus gnats problems i will take a little bit of worm castings from my worm bin and uh top dress it onto my plants and there have to be like active nematodes i need to get a microscope and like actually take a look but nematodes living in there because as soon as i do that within like five days there's no more fungus gnats flying around and it's just pretty cool the biology that you can cultivate in a worm bin over time and just as long as you keep it going and keep them fed uh it is not just worms in there there's a whole ecosystem in there and it's really cool they, yeah, I, well, honestly, I to... <laughs> my worm is my favorite thing in, in my grow right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we'll have to talk more about worm stuff. I, I have had some requests, some people asking, and I'd actually love to have you on the happy hour sometime to talk about worms and compost. Guru. Oh, I'd, I'd, fun, fun I'd love to. Here, let me let me move away in the camera real sure, fast. Y'all can see this. For the people listening. Worm right there. Nice. If, I said this last grow talk, but why not? In, in, in your basement office space there, if you will, carpeted there's a hydroponic reservoir the worm bin is literally just sitting right by your grow tent on the carpet as well if i'm so am i seeing that correctly 
There's a cardboard box underneath it, but yeah, pretty much. To say it's like, oh, there's no way I'm like tidy. Like I'm not a sloppy guy, but you have to be very <laughs> like. Just I'm. If, it's, I'm not, it's a good skill. Look at look at my, everything in here is like clean and tidy, and there's no spills anywhere. And I don't know. At some point, as a fail safe, I might get one of those like pans they have for hot water heaters. It's a good grow hack for anyone. If you need a pan for your your uh, your your reservoir, uh, those hot water heater ones aren't super expensive, and they have them at Home Depot everywhere. Works pretty good. Might get one of those for it. But other than that, no, I'm I'm pretty confident in my in my plumbing that I did. It's all like uh, like primed and glued. It's it's not like anything's uh, just the quick connects or anything like that. It'd be pretty hard. I'd have to. I could blow out a hose. Uh, there's a garden hose connecting from like out the set up here to into the tent. And like that garden hose could blow a hole in it at some point, like maybe and that would be bad. But other than that, I'm pretty good. It would be bad. You can tell the difference in our growth styles. Cause like your tent is all perfectly wired and shit. Like, and then me, I'm like in between <laughs> you and Scotty, like my well, stuff. And you can good. see my, you can see my lovely ducting here. Have the ducting come down, and then it's resting on the doorknob right now to try to blow it out the door. So yeah. you can tell how I set up my tent. No, I'm not quite as uh, see. Quite I'm, as dialed I'm I I set up my tent like I'd set up like uh, building a computer, where like the cable management, it being nice and like hidden and everything, is just. It makes my brain happy. So like, I'd like to have yeah. it just like all, all wired, right. And like look nice. And I don't know when something goes wrong, it makes it a lot easier to fix the problem because everything is like neat and organized. And I don't know, different, different strokes for different folks. I'm like halfway there. No, Scotty had that set up where the, the carpet would be black and brown by now. Nothing against him. Oh, on on the last show we did, uh, I think cause Gen X had a, had a comment and was like, Guru doesn't use recharge because there's no stains anywhere and everything looks perfect. I definitely use recharge. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Well, if you guys had a good time, the show, man, thanks. Uh, We're not done just yet. Uh, Growerslove.com. Thanks to Soup the Gardener. Uh, If you want to be, you know, we're listener supported guys since day one, uh, started up the DGC and have not been able to do this without you guys. Check out all the benefits so that we give back. Too much for me to list right now. Dudegrows.com forward slash support. I'll list a few though. Free seeds from Seeds Here Now. 30% off recharge. We hook up like big ass great prizes for growers every month. Last month was a badass HLG Scorpion Far Red. And um, yeah, good vibe of supporting the show. Dudegrows.com yeah, and forward slash Come hang support. out with us on the happy hour too. I mean, we oh, love you, uh, hanging with the crew on Discord, hanging out with everybody, uh, getting putting that out that bonus show for the patrons every week is a lot of fun. Got a ton of cool conversations, and it's a chance for you guys to get to hang out with Dude or hang out with Scotty or Guru and me. You know, it's a chance for you guys to chime in and get in on the conversation. So yeah, come hang out on the happy hour. <clears throat> We're slinging some recharge, Guru. How can we support our local hydros hosts? Oh, I mean, you got to head down to Urban Roots in Tampa, Florida, and hit up either Bianca or Zach there. They'll get you hooked up with the recharge. Nice. And the grow dots. Uh, I'm going to start off some producer shout outs, guys. I want to say thanks. I want to give thanks to Shoot the Moon, Shoot the Moon 87. And I love this one. Kiefer Butterlink. Kiefer Butterlink. How's it going? Nice. Um, I'll give a shout out to F a plant count, man. I like that one. <laughs> F a plant count. 
Uh, and uh, West Michigan Corey. Ooh. Shout out to you, Corey. Okay, I got Dank House and the Pot Father. Pot Father. <laughs> Hello to and thank you to Happy Heathen Jill and Gun Smoke Farmer. Did you see? Nice and uh, ubiquitous smoker. Shout out to ubiquitous smoker. I like that one too. And uh, sizzling reaper. I love that. And last but not what least, Steve will grow it. <laughs> Steve will grow it. Nice. Ubiquitous. What do we uh, kind of chill or cover? Not so obvious. What do we mean there? What ubiquitous? Uh, like common, like. He's always doing it. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what makes me. Thank you. Thank you. Peace out, guys. Stay high here, KGC. Uh, we'll be back with our regular programming next week and get Scotty up in here. Take her easy, Guru and Sue. You as well. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, DGC. Have a good day. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for new.